Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Has the news got you unsettled and worried? Feeling uncomfortable with the absolute state of things? Well, one way to help that unnerving feeling of discomfort is by heading over to British-Boxers.com where they do knockout undies and nightwear and you'll be as snug as a bug in some very nice pants as you swear in despair at the television. Not only do British boxers have luxurious two-fold cotton on all of their clothes, but they're also a lovely ethical bunch who respect workers' rights, manufacture all their stuff with minimal waste, and, I mean, actually, they're almost too nice a bunch. It's ridiculous. Hasn't anyone dug up any dirt on them? Have they ever returned a library book back late or something? Wow, no, not even... Oh my goodness. Well, if you grab great garments from BritishBoxers.com, then use the code PARPOLBRO15 at the checkout and you'll get a swanky 15% off whatever you buy, which will hopefully make you feel less sad that you're just not as good as them. Sorry, I'm just projecting now. BritishBoxers.com. They must have once done swears at someone's pocket. No, not even that. Bonkers. Hello and welcome to the Partly Political Broadcast, the comedy politics podcast that definitely has the numbers. They're just on another podcast stats site that, you know, you haven't heard of. Yeah, you don't use that one. No, you, you wouldn't know it. I'm Tian and Duyab, and as Lama with a tailor, Rishi Sunak becomes the UK's new new Prime Minister just four days after the last one. I think he's carefully prepared for the job by being completely absent during every nationwide crisis since July. Four days is a long time in politics, which is why if you were to carve open any member of the British public right now and study the rings, it's very likely you'd think they were several thousand years old due to rapid ageing from all the shit we've suffered since 2016. Just a few days ago, Momo meme but real Liz Truss was our shit Prime Minister announcing she was a fighter, not a quitter. And then a day later, after just 44 days in the post, she resigned as though maybe she'd knocked herself out in a battle of wits on account of not having any. Yes, Liz Truss even U-turned on being PM. One weekend later, here we are with a whole new ship Prime Minister, the other one that no one wanted in the last leadership race, after avoiding, nearly sort of, getting the last ship Prime Minister no one wanted again, because it turned out not even a hundred arseholes liked him anymore. 
The only thing more depressing than the shop display of rotating turkey corpses that we get not to choose a leader from is knowing that the July Conservative leadership election could also have taken just four days and we could now be on our 18th Prime Minister of the Year. People say that British production has been lacking for a long time, but right now we are very, very good at making history every single fucking day. I mean, infamous history, obviously, of the type that in 50 years' time someone will see it in a museum dedicated to it and weep at how awful it must have been for all the people that had it subjected to them. But it's history nonetheless. Oh, and also we have excess production of shitfuckery, abject chaos and batshit stupidity. It's so weird that nowhere else wants to import that from us, isn't it? Thank goodness then for Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, who has come along to fix the economy, no doubt by just reading back what he did to it over the last few years and doing that again, but you know, in reverse. It does say what a tolerant country we live in, where an Asian man, a Hindu man from a middle class background can get the most powerful job in the country. And all he had to do was go to a fee paying school, then Oxbridge, become rich off the global financial crash, marry into one of the wealthiest billionaire families in the world, tax dodge, help kill people in the pandemic by insisting they get 10 quid off Nando's and go back to work when it wasn't safe, wasting £11 billion of the country's money by paying too much interest on debt, letting fraudsters get away with another £6.5 billion, announcing that he'd take all the money off poor people and give it to rich people, letting the other Prime Minister be so shit she had to leave and then getting voted in by a tiny fraction of Conservative MPs that he's promised jobs to. Do you see? In Britain, anyone can achieve their dreams. It is impressive when people rise above expectations, but perhaps even more impressive is when they collapse violently below expectations as though they'd had a seizure caused by their heart being completely appalled at its vessel's conduct. The past few days have shown some incredible collapsing below expectations across the political spectrum. First on this list is, of course, Liz Truss, who is now the shortest serving British Prime Minister below George Canning, who at least had the dignity to die while in office. Truss's downfall began, well, probably at birth, but the most recent one, you know, following collapsing the economy in record time and you turning on everything than a lazy Susan between people who don't like sharing, this one started with an opposition vote on fracking that may have been a confidence motion in the government, but no one was confident enough to say if it was or it wasn't, which should have said it all, really. During the vote, MPs from other parties say they saw the Deputy Prime Minister and what if an out-of-date Scott Chegg was a person, Therese Kofi, alongside a number of other bullying party members, manhandling Tory MPs into voting with the government. The sort of behaviour that is really concerning to see from those supposedly running the country. Not least because there's only one Home Secretary position and they can't all have it. The Chief Whip and the Deputy Whip resigned, and then they didn't, and if they're unable to round themselves up in order to leave that job, they probably shouldn't be in it in the first place. And then a number of Conservative MPs said they were furious about the state of the party, which must be the first time they've ever been in line with public opinion. And then Liz Truss was hit with the brutal blow of what if olive oil from Popeye had the permanent taste of old lemons in her mouth, Suella Braverman, resigning from her job as Home Secretary. This came just one day after Bravman had managed an all-time low for her own career that so far would have given a limbo bar an anxiety attack anyway, when she blamed the weekend's Just Stop Oil protests on Labour, Lib Dems, The Guardian reading, Tofu Eating, Wokarati and the Anti-Growth Coalition, and really that should have ended with someone shouting Park Life, and that rant should have been the real reason that she resigned. Not least because blaming protests on Labour is ridiculous when they're a party that seems to think the best way to curb climate change is to do nothing and hope it eventually gives up. But it turns out Bravman resigned because Liz Truss's government was even too shit for her, a woman for whom being too shit is usually an overachievement. Liz Truss apologised to the country and said she'd made mistakes, but she would lead the Conservatives into the next election, which surprised everyone until they realised she meant by setting an example and losing her job first. 
Was it Truss's apology? The one thing that is forever a no-no for the Tories, preferring to double down before they ever admitted they did wrong? Or was it just that she was weird, no one liked her, and she fucked up the country even quicker than they usually do? It's very hard to say, but what we can say is that Liz Truss truly emulated her hero of Mushroom Cloud with a scary face, Margaret Thatcher, by getting totally buried. Truss stood at the podium outside number 10, smirking as she resigned. There are rumours that her kink is as a submissive, getting off on being humiliated, and I suppose what could be more debasing than having the world's worst people tell you you're too awful for them? I'm sure she'll be getting off hard as her partner shouts, you weren't even there long enough to put it on your CV, they should refer to you as a supply prime minister, while they give her a weak pound. What could be more humiliating than having a lower shelf life than the Daily Star's lettuce, outlasting her despite voting Romaine? I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. The problem with this theory, though, is it assumes Truss has complex emotional needs when it seems far more likely she'd be entertained for hours by someone just shining a torch on a wall. So, perhaps this Truss was smirking because she knew that whatever was going to follow her, as is conservative tradition, will somehow make us miss her being at number 10. Or is it because she knew that she'd now be entitled to £115,000 a year for the rest of her life, can hand out peerages as part of a resignation honours list, and would be able to spend the weekend partying at Chequers with her supporters? I'm sorry partying so probably more of a gathering really before taking more days to leave number 10 than she should because she's unable to find the exit so then we were thrown back to exactly where things were in july but with the country 10 times worse off it's a bit like a dj playing mr blobby pausing it at one minute in to play sounds of someone scratching nails on a blackboard and people being sick before then playing mr blobby again from the start underneath it and yes i do do children's parties Who would be the unity candidate, everyone wondered, as though a second Conservative Prime Minister that the public haven't actually voted for and will probably wish could die in a well will somehow unite the country. Stepping up for a second chance at making anyone who still liked him change their minds this time, former Prime Minister and, oh God, who lets Snuffleupagus drink bleach, Boris Johnson, said he was throwing his hat into the ring. And by hat, I mean stupid bloated face. And by ring, I mean clearly circle of hell. Could this be that we'd reach peak worst possible Prime Minister with trust and we'd have to now cycle backwards through all the old ones, digging some of them up and stringing them like a puppet to the top of the commons in order to lead debates? I suppose they'd likely only benefit dead people, which makes them not that different to current Tories who are alive, and it would be very funny when George Canning got another go and then outlasted Liz Truss in office by double her run. But Johnson's potential return was very indicative that a large number of the Conservative Party and indeed the press would clearly repeatedly walk into a large glass window many times, insisting it'll turn into a door at some point. And they could only see Boris Johnson as Prime Minister again as well. You know, he did it last time. Besides, he got all the big calls right, didn't he? I mean, the times he rang donors and they paid for his wallpaper or takeaways. Maybe the thinking was that he'd be the ideal leader for now, as Boris Johnson would probably let 150,000 more people die without even thinking about it, and that way they'd be saved the effects of the cost of living crisis and save a ton of energy too. While the rest of us clearly knew that if Boris Johnson was able to make a successful comeback, he'd not have anywhere near as many kids, many of the Conservatives' resident dunces piled out to jump for his support. He's changed, they said, as he rang them from his fourth holiday of the year to gather their support. The boss man is back, they said, like henchmen from the Adam West Batman era, unable to realise they'll just get thrown into a pit of alligators for a second time. Johnson flew back from the Caribbean, something he couldn't even be bothered to do for London riots, Covid or any number of actual issues, and this time he even dressed for the job, with one supporter saying, do you know what, he had his shirt tucked in. Wow, he really is a changed man, and now he has all the skills of a six-year-old, perhaps he could lead the country through a terrible crisis he also caused. Has he wiped his ass properly and drunk all his milk too? If so, people, we could be saved. He's now Boris 2.0, said Walter Scheidt, Nadim Zawahi, because, you know, he's learned from his mistakes. 
This is the same Nadim Zawahi that just two months before had said Johnson should go as the country deserves a government with integrity. As did many of the people inside to back him over the weekend, who they'd all said, oh, honesty and dignity were important and so he had to stand down. But then just months later, they obviously realised they didn't have any of those things in the first place and they weren't going to get a government with integrity unless they all resigned at once, so they may as well have that arsehole again as he throws great parties while people die. Zawahi was right though, Johnson had learned from his mistakes and he'd realised he could keep doing them and wankers like Zawahi would still keep supporting him. It's a bit like being offered a shit sandwich or a sandwich with double layers of shit but it comes with a free peerage of blank cheque and the possibility of being ambushed by cake. You may as well go for the special offer, right? Johnson's team said he had 100 backers, but you know, they didn't want to come out publicly, as I suppose, who would, when it would mean everyone would know that your best idea is a man who excels himself by actually getting dressed. But those 100 never showed up. Perhaps they were too busy working in the 40 new hospitals Johnson had promised to build. The former Prime Minister caused a furor all weekend, his dad and sister appearing on all the news stations to give opinions that no one wanted to hear, and he stole all the press front pages as they hailed that he was back like if your uncle had just got out of prison and you knew he'd piss himself on the sofa and steal all your spoons, but at least he's a familiar face. And then Boris Johnson dropped out, failing to reach anyone's already rock-bottom expectations. Standing was not the right thing to do, he said, no doubt because he prefers to be horizontal, usually with some intern. Could it have been that Boris Johnson realised he might get asked to actually do some work this time? Or because the Privileges Committee is about to declare that he lied to Parliament and that he could lose his seat and will have to go through all of this all over again? Nadim Zahawi, with all the integrity of a piss in a tornado, claimed a day was a long time in politics and he'd now be backing Rishi because you have to keep on side with whoever it is that will get HMRC off your back, right? So then it was down to Rishi Sunak versus like if someone gave cocaine to a shop floor fragrance spritzer, Penny Morden. But, you know, even fewer people liked her. Whereas Sunak had over 100 supporters, including waxwork on a hot day Lord Frost, who, as we know, always knows what's best for the country and then decides it isn't and then decides it is again and then isn't. So Penny Morden dropped out as last minute as possible because what's a Conservative without incredibly high levels of self-delusion that it'll all work out in the end somehow? And Rishi Sunak is the 57th Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, you know, for at least a week. Nothing says democracy like just over 100 of the worst people in the country deciding who can lead us. Rishi Sunak hasn't done a single interview since the last leadership election and suffered absolutely zero scrutiny about what he might do in the role, addressing Tory MPs only in private after winning and telling them there'll be no early general election because I guess why make it hard for himself now when it hasn't been at any point in his entire life. Sunak gave a very short speech on winning where he spoke like someone had added his words into an online talking bot or some sort of out-of-date RPG or like Siri had got ideas above his station. He said being Prime Minister was the greatest privilege of his life, which says quite a lot, as he's pretty fucking privileged. And then there was very little other information, but taking what we know, who is better to lead us through a cost of living crisis than a man who has £730 million in wealth and is probably worrying that now he's in number 10, he won't be able to keep the heating on in all the swimming pools of all his 12 homes. And as Chancellor, you know, he got us through the pandemic. Well, I mean, those of us that survived, that is. Isn't it a shame how many must have caught Covid from popping to Pizza Hut to get 10 quid off? Whoever did that should be really ashamed of themselves. Do you remember when Rishi Sunak, just a few months ago, said, I know it feels like years, but it was just a few months ago. Do you remember when he said it was a mistake to empower scientists during coronavirus? I'm sure that sort of attitude will be really helpful during a climate emergency as he funds bankers to tackle flooding by soaking it up with excess banknotes. What else can we expect from Rishi Sunak as PM? Well, he told Tory MPs to unite or die, so we can only hope they don't unite anytime soon. Listen, I will spread rumours if it helps speed the process up. 
Austerity the sequel is definitely coming, where he'll be cutting public services like he's Jason Voorhees and the NHS is a kid on spring break. All the while, he'll do heavily filtered Instagram pics outside a DIY shop while saying that British pubs are important and he'll be putting petrol in other people's cars for photo ops. He has no mandate for doing any of that whatsoever and the public don't want or indeed need it. It will likely cause thousands of deaths and decimate what's left of our health service. But look everyone, the Tories have the first ever Asian Prime Minister, so they're very progressive really. Of course, a large part of the party didn't want Rishi Sunak as Prime Minister either, and an even larger part are racist, so who knows how long it'll be till the next leadership contest, and there's every chance we'll have to do all of this again by Christmas. Still though, it'll be fun to see Boris Johnson have to leave another one of his holidays early, for absolutely no reason at all. Luckily, the Labour Party are again showing that they are a government in waiting, by also degrading their values so low they wouldn't be allowed near a clearing system. Labour leader and man who people turn the lights out on if he's still in the office when they leave, Keir Starmer, told the TUC Congress that they will be the party of sound money, which means I think they'll also make sure it disappears from public services in waves. Or maybe they'll just stay on whatever shit track they think is popular, even though there's far more quality in an alternative. Either way, it sounds very much like Starmer's plan is also for austerity, but while, you know, saying sorry about it quite a lot. Which means up against the Conservatives, where Rishi Sunak will tell you it's a tough choice, but you know, he's a brave boy for making you starve to death, Labour could very well lose their lead. However, when it comes to other political areas, the opposition really are stepping up to give people a real political choice. Yes, Starmer said between them and the Tories, there is not a great deal of difference on immigration, except they want the best possible students to come here and there'd be no flights to Rwanda. Phew! So compassionate that they'll still shoot dinghies in the channel and put people who've escaped war up in old barracks that were previously condemned. And that is the compassionate change this country needs, and I'm sure the change will be as good as a rest. Not that we'll feel that rested without being able to buy food. The public order bill passed last week, which Keir Starmer has also supported, and it'll now mean that anyone who's protested in the last five years can be forced to be fitted with any necessary apparatus to monitor your movements. So you'll be tagged if you complained, and even if you encouraged other people to protest. But on the plus side, if we all protest at once, and they tag us, and then we do an even bigger protest, they'll just get this sort of terrifying radar screen where suddenly a ton of blips close in on them at Westminster, like they're under a missile attack. But it'll just be a ton of pissed off middle-aged people with down with this sort of thing placards. So, we have a second Prime Minister without a mandate, who's about to cut like a pissed barber, an opposition who want all the same stuff but in a different colour, and if you protest you'll be tagged, which means you can't go out anywhere. Oh wait, actually that sounds that sounds quite nice. You have to look on the bright side though, right? At least we don't have Boris Johnson again, and every time reasonably heighted journalists interview Rishi Sunak, it'll look like a scene from the Rings of Power, and that'll be fun. So I suppose Rings of Power might also remind us of a better, less depressing battle for authority. Ah, there's no winning. It was meant to be a short episode today. Ah! <laughs> Another fucking Prime Minister. There have now been as many Prime Ministers in Britain this year as Doctor Who's. Absolutely nuts. Rishi Sunak is going to be devastatingly awful, um, as would have Boris Johnson or, or Morden been. So I suppose it's nice that we can say the Tory party aren't completely discriminatory into the ethnicity of who they let ruin our lives. You know, it's sort of progress, isn't it, in a way, while also flinging us backwards into the abyss. It's like demanding children work in factories while giving them one day off to celebrate pride or installing access ramps into every public service.
service building for those with mobility issues while shutting down all public services. You get what I mean. Um, in the words of the great philosopher Han Solo, I've got a bad feeling about this, so I can only hope that CNAC has to deal with endless, endless brutal strikes and protests and huge uh, inner party turmoil until he's forced to call a general election where then Labour will probably lose again because they won't have managed to capitalise on this properly at all. And I'll give up this podcast out of exhaustion. <laughs> I won't do that. Um, but I suppose there would be one positive for all of you if I did. Um, this is just a brief pod this week. It was meant to be briefer than, than that shit, but f- fucking news. Um, but it's half term. And I've had to write this in between my agent, sorry, daughter, very helpfully following me around the flat, repeating every word I say back at me with total glee. Yes, she's in that phase. So if you hear a squeaky echo on this podcast, then she has managed to sneak in while I'm recording. I don't think she's here, though, but she's very good sneaking up behind you and then just copying all your words it drives me insane um but i'm sure this week is going to go quicker than a change of tory mps this will be back to normal length next week when i actually have some time to do it properly um but thank you for listening to this slightly brief one there will be more to it you'll hear about that in a minute and thank you also if you donated to the Kofi or patreon um just uh, thank you for being you i was trying to i'm trying to say something profound there on this day of further shit politics but uh, yeah i don't have anything oh i've got some recommendations though um decision to leave that's an amazing film and uh, you know just uh, this isn't a film review podcast but oh my god i loved it and also also, if you have Apple TV, because why not spend all of your cash on various streaming platforms instead of eating? Um, John Stewart's The Problem is properly remarkable. And I get really complaining about British comedy politics or British satirical telly um, of, of recent years. Uh, I can, I'm not going to go on about it now, but oh my God, I think it's mostly toothless and massively shit. But if you watch John Stewart's The Problem, you'll see how we have nothing that compares to that over here. It is really funny, but then there's really actually important roundtable discussions and incredible grilling of politicians. And that's what I want. Just one day. One day we might manage that here. One day you can dream. Um, right, enough of my complaining. Uh, do check that out. Do check out the decision to leave. It's got nothing to do with politics. It's just fucking brilliant. Um, and, you know, have yourselves a good week where who the fuck knows what is going to happen in the politics. Could be a new Prime Minister by the time you listen to this. I have no idea anymore. Oh, God. Um, as I said, next week will be a proper episode and everything once again. But till that, as is tradition... Here is this. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How will the 56th Prime Minister of the United Kingdom be remembered? Well, probably not at all, really like as some footnote in the next shit book by some wanker like Paul Staines. If Elton John was to make a song about her, it'd probably be called Fart in the Wind. It's been tradition on this podcast, though, that when a prominent political figure retires, or rather gets booted out, that I reel off all the descriptions that I've done of them since episode one. So I suppose I should do that for Liz Truss too, even though the only thing that was prominent about her was her overwhelming shitness and a vacant expression like she'd had her own constant power cut behind her eyes. It says a lot about her that despite trawling back through nearly 300 episodes of this show, I only have 48 descriptions of Liz Truss. Which, I mean, considering she's been in various iterations of the government for quite some years now, that's really appalling. And uh, 48 is only four more than the number of days she lasted at number 10. As you'll see, they all have a common theme. Liz Truss is an anthropomorphised brain freeze. She's a lobotomised Helga Pataki. She's Elmer Fudd with hair. She's a wig on a rubber chicken. Liz Truss, imagine if someone stretched skin over C-3PO. That one's actually not fair. C-3PO is really smart and knows a lot of languages. Liz Truss is a marionette in a tumble dryer. Liz Truss is a woman with all the charm of a multiple vehicle collision. Liz, if I don't think about it at all times, I forget I have a head. Truss. She's inspiration for Hi Hi and Moana. She's everyone's least favourite wind tunnel. She's like having a conversation with an emptying bath. Liz Truss with her perpetual expression like she stepped on a rake because she likely has and then insisted on doing it again and again until the rake gave in. Liz Truss who'd get defeated by a revolving door, who I'm certain jumps every time the phone rings. Liz Truss who is a broken ATM of a person. She's Chuck in the Angry Birds game. She's what if Niles from Fraser had been embalmed. Liz Truss is the several time winner of best impression of a bird that's repeatedly fallen out of its nest. She's a vintage cartoon mug. She's the only person who'd weigh more if she lost her head. Liz Truss, whose intellectual equivalent is a drop bowl of cat food. She's proof of sentient gas beings. The term bird brain would mean she'd had an upgrade. She's a blue bottle repeatedly flying into a closed window. She's living proof that a human can survive without sentient thought. She's a bollard. Liz Truss, the woman whose cranial department is like a fishbowl with a single bee stuck in it. She's a failed Chris Lilly character. She's a wafer cone. She's what it looks like when someone does actually switch off after work and during work. Liz Truss is a woman with the air of air about her. She's a wobbly, nodding head toy. She's the only person who's had an IQ test resigned due to unfair treatment. She's a plastic bag in a slight breeze. She's a bin bag in the wind. She's a jelly mould. She's the only successful result of a relationship between a human and an inflatable pool toy. Liz Truss is smug bubble wrap. She's Tupperware with a face. She's human bellows. She's the sort of person who gets thwarted by automatic doors. Liz Truss is a woman that were she replaced with a cardboard cutout, it would be weeks before anyone noticed. She's someone who I'm sure has a head that rattles when she walks. Liz Truss is a helium balloon. 
She's 98% air, 2% British cheese. She's a vacant gumball machine. She's congealed silly string. Liz Truss is an annual Darwin Ward contender. And that's all for this week's Brief Little Partly Political Broadcast podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And if you still have some desire to hear how British society is collapsing, but, you know, through the whiny voice of a distressed comedian, then please do recommend this show to others who may enjoy the same. If you can, donate to the Kofi or Patreon, and please give it a nice, shiny five-star review on Apple Podcasts or similar podcast shelters. Thanks, yeah, to Acast, my brother, Last Skeptic, and Cat Day. And this will be back to full-length screaming next week, when we'll be in the 700th minute-long Tory leadership election of the year, as Boris Johnson insists he's learned from his holiday from his holiday not to lie anymore, and he definitely has every single human being on the planet backing him. You know, just not publicly. Bye. This week's show is brought to you by Rishi Sunak's Recipe for Success. Are you just an ordinary guy with an ordinary family and 12 homes and more money than the royal family? Worried you won't make it to the top? Sunak's Guide to Success can show you how anyone, and I mean anyone who has a very specific set of privileges, can rise above the rest, despite not knowing how to use a contactless card or fill up a car. With a few simple tips including marry my very wealthy wife and enjoy the suffering of people in poverty, you too can be more Rishi. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.